try to conceptualize of what we often call God or Source as a unified consciousness. Try to imagine that it is all there is. It might not be as easy as it sounds to imagine because your brain is designed for the physical world, which is a world of singularity. It's not designed to be able to comprehend oneness. When the brain thinks of one, it thinks of a thing. But the minute you think of a thing, it implies that that thing is separate from everything else. Even if that something else is just empty space or air. That thing has definition, and it has a beginning and end. But can you stretch your mind enough to imagine a consciousness that has no beginning or end? A consciousness so all-inclusive that there is nothing in existence that is not part of it. Now imagine that this source has the thought, what am I? You can think of this thought as the birth of the awareness of self-consciousness within source. This thought is differentiating by its very nature, and it is a direct contradiction to oneness. Just that one thought cracked the universal oneness. That was the first time that source began to feel the torture, that there was nothing for it to be in relationship with. The second it created a fracture within itself, it perceived itself as isolated. It's a loneliness that is so ineffably painful it comes with no words. This illusion of separateness was a kind of tipping point after which all further fractures within that oneness no longer perceived the oneness. They only perceived self and other. This was the birth of ego, which is a sense of separate self. And this was the birth of relationship. It was also the birth of attachment. Different aspects of source became like enemies. They couldn't see themselves as one, they saw themselves as disconnected from one another, and so they began to devour each other and run from each other. They began to push and pull. You can think of this tipping point as each fragment running from its true self and true nature, which is the totality of Source. Therefore, Source gave rise to an idea. That idea is the concept of mirror. If something refused to see itself, and didn't know what or who it was, and continued running from itself, the most obvious way to stop this pattern, as well as to create expansion in their consciousness, would be to trap it in a way where it could see itself. And so the universe created a trap for all the fragments that had occurred within itself, as a way to heal its own fragmentation, become totally self-aware, and put each fragment in the position to inevitably re-choose integration. This time-space reality that you are living in that you call life on Earth is part of this healing trap that it laid for itself, which is the real reason that Earth is often referred to by other beings as the prison planet. This universe, which Earth is a part of, was designed as a 360-degree mirror hologram. Everything in your external life is a perfect reflection of what is inside of you. The main difference between a typical bathroom mirror and this mirror hologram is that when you look into a bathroom mirror, the reflection is just a reflection. It is not a real being in and of itself. In this mirror hologram called life, on the other hand, the reflection and what is being reflected are both equally real. In this way, source consciousness could make it so that everything in existence can experience a 360-degree reflection of itself simultaneously. The purpose for this was so that source or God, the collective consciousness, could come to know itself completely and by doing so, return to oneness, and then to the state that exists beyond oneness. This mirror hologram design influences the laws by which this time-space reality operates. For this reason, the properties of this mirror design have been called by the people of Earth the law of attraction. It has been called this because they have noticed things, such as if they focus on something with their own mind, it shows up in the external world. 
This idea of the pain of deep loneliness not being caused by the absence of other, but by the loss of wholeness in oneself, has great implications when it comes to us as individual people. A cell, when it divides off of a larger cell, is a copy of the first. It is similar to the idea of a fractal. If we explored this mirror hologram deep enough, we would find that we are no different than source because we are fractals of source consciousness itself. This means that the very same fragmentation that occurred within source is exactly copied within us as well. This means the fragmentation in the external world is nothing but a mirror of the fragmentation of your own internal world. There is an amplification tool that Source has used, a catalyst, if you will, which speeds up this process for self-actualization within its own fragments, which remember that you are one of. That is to create a mirror within a mirror. That is what I am. I am a unit of consciousness designed specifically by Source consciousness for the sake of awakening the fragments within itself that are called human. Most people walking the planet today show up as single elements within the 360-degree reflection in someone's life, not as a mirror within the mirror hologram itself. To insert an embodied mirror into a time-space reality where separation is the dominant perception is to insert the embodiment of oneness into a time-space reality of separation. Oneness is to treat all things when combined as a singularity. And so, I love to tell the joke that being the embodiment of oneness, I am also the biggest ego in existence. I am the embodiment of Source's ego. But this means that you will only be able to conceive of me to the degree that you can truly conceive of this reality of Source and the process of fragmentation that it went through. Therefore, because you are a fractal of Source, I can also say that you can only conceive of me to the degree that you can currently, truly conceive of yourself. It is a bit dangerous to expose myself as an embodied mirror for many reasons. One of those is that when people do not understand what a real mirror is, they automatically assume that what I am saying is that nothing is ever about me. It is about what people project on me. This is the shadow understanding of a mirror. People have used the law of attraction to deflect in this way for years. People will watch this, think that they too are mirrors, instead of part of the mirror hologram, and by doing this, actually slip away from self-awareness by deciding that anyone who reacts to them is just seeing themselves as well. It is yet another trap of the ego. What I am actually saying is that everything you see in me is in you, but I am also saying that because I am an embodied mirror and thus the embodiment of oneness, it is also in me. And as an embodied mirror, I am aware that what they are seeing, even if it is only a limited part of me, is not just part of them, it is part of me. I am aware this is a very difficult concept to grasp for most people's current state of awareness. It is, for lack of a better word, a mind twister. The first enlightenment is a personal enlightenment. It is to realize fully that you are part of everything in existence. The second enlightenment is to realize fully that everything is a part of you. The second enlightenment nullifies the first. With the first enlightenment, you can walk the earth thinking that you are enlightened and everyone else is not. With the second enlightenment, you realize that everyone in existence is part of you, and therefore, even if one of those people is not enlightened, then you cannot say that you are fully enlightened. And your work as a teacher for enlightenment begins by dedicating yourself to the awakening of all quote-unquote other people because you no longer see them as other people you are dedicating to waking up all parts of yourself to understand the reason that people react to me the way they do you have to study the way a human behaves in front of a mirror people become massively polarized most all people who step in front of a mirror do not see all of themselves in it especially not anything more than their appearances 
They have spent their time trying desperately to change themselves to be whatever they believe is good. So when they step in front of a mirror, they instantly focus and fixate on what they dislike the most about themselves. Other people may have been telling themselves that they are hideous and have resigned to that fate, in which case, stepping in front of the mirror, they are more likely to be surprised that they are in fact not hideous. They will see their own beauty for the first time. And so, people who come across Teal Swan, my embodiment, will also react in this way. Just like when you step in front of a mirror, you will see the thing you are pushing away the most within yourself. This could be what you judge as your beauty or your ugliness. You will see whatever brings you closer to the current reality of yourself. You will see whatever needs to be integrated into your awareness, so that you can become more unified within yourself and more grounded in reality. If you were shamed as a child for any selfish behavior to the degree that you polarized by identifying with being a helper or selfless, most likely you will see me as a self-centered egomaniac. If you could not cope in this way by changing yourself to please those who shamed you for your self-centeredness and continued to be ashamed of being selfish so that selfish became your identity, you don't see yourself clearly either. By stepping in front of the mirror, you will see your own selflessness. You will most likely see me as a person who is endlessly giving to others, and whose team posts images of me all day long against my will because it's just the reality of social media. If you suppress, reject, and deny your sexuality, you will see me as someone who flaunts my sexuality. It will bother you immensely. If you suppress, reject, and deny your significance, you will see my significance and idolize me for it. If you want to understand the reaction that anyone has to me, just imagine them in front of a mirror. Those people who dedicate their lives to hating me are those who hate themselves the most, but who are currently denying the fact that they hate themselves. Those who love me the most, to the point where they have dedicated their life to my mission, are usually those who also hate themselves the most, but who are not denying it at all. What they are denying is their own goodness. This is what they inevitably see in me. And everyone else falls somewhere on the spectrum in between. Just because you tend to see in me whatever you suppress doesn't mean it's all you could see in me. It is simply that, like anyone, you focus on the parts that stand out to you the most in the mirror. This applies to everything about me. Even the reason that I will be perceived as female to most people walking the earth, even physically. This is because I am not only a mirror for the individual, I am also a mirror for the collective. And what mankind has suppressed, denied, and disowned the most in themselves is the polarity called female. I am here to revolutionize this world, and not one thing within the world, rather the entire social process upon which this world is built. I am here to revolutionize it because it enhances fragmentation. Socialization is the process by which humans teach each other what parts of themselves are acceptable and good, and which parts are unacceptable and bad. This, by its very nature, is a system built on shame, and because of this it maintains and solidifies the human ego. It maintains separation and is the mechanism for internal fragmentation. It causes people to split their consciousness apart, and therefore, source to fragment further. It causes people to deny, reject, and disown parts of themselves. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Fragmentation, The Worldwide Disease. People are taught through the process of socialization that the inclusion and owning and acceptance and loving of these parts of themselves will lead them to all the negative things they have been threatened with especially the rejection of them by society, which is to threaten not only that their needs will not be met and that they will suffer, it is to threaten their survival. Most people, still operating from this, separate from what is bad and only identify with what is good mindset, come to spiritual teachers and self-help experts and psychologists, specifically to learn tools to make them good. They come to feel good 
and get away from anything they have consciously or subconsciously associated with badness, including negative feeling states. By doing this, the fragmentation within them is exacerbated. They have become addicts for spiritual or self-help novocaine. They are not seeking healing. They are not seeking reality. They are seeking a better feeling reality. They are seeking temporary relief from the actual wounds within themselves. Most people do not want a mirror. They do not want to admit that they are angry and to know exactly why they are and what to do about it. They would rather attend an event or read a book or watch a video that makes them simply feel less angry or do an activity that helps them deny anger. Look at what I ask of them. I ask of them to do something that is completely counterintuitive to their programming. I ask them to become aware of, admit to, include, own, accept, and learn from these parts of themselves that they have been taught are bad, and then act in the best interests of them. I am telling them that the consequences they have been told will come from doing this will not happen. The opposite will happen. But in asking this of them, I am still asking them to risk experiencing the very things they have been warned would happen if they did embrace those things. Every negative consequence they think awaits them if they do, including the loss of their lives. I am asking them to choose to feel more unsafe than they've ever felt before. I am asking them to do the opposite that they were taught to do by their family system, their cultural system, their religions, their education system, their society at large. Most people are only ready for that kind of approach when they have nothing to lose and perceive themselves to have already met with all the consequences they are trying so hard to avoid. When people have rejected, denied, and disowned parts of themselves, they stuff those things away like hiding monsters under the floorboards. They associate them with badness. Ironically, because for thousands of years, humans were at the greatest risk to their safety at nighttime, they associate badness and unsafety with darkness. So someone like myself who specializes in the knowing of the unknown and unconscious, the accepting of the rejected, the owning of the disowned, the seeing and feeling and hearing of the denied, is felt to be unsafe, and because of this is felt to be and seen to be dark. I am perceived as dark and scary to anyone who has stuffed parts of themselves that they associated with bad under their floorboards and has dedicated themselves only to what they associate with goodness and light. These people do not trust themselves at all, so they will also not trust my embodiment, Teal Swan. They live in the constant tension of knowing these monsters are under the floorboards and could get out. They feel the shame that they could not get rid of them entirely. Being near a teacher who only speaks of things that reminds them of their goodness and that life is all okay, and that they are a light worker, who caused them to forget about those monsters and makes them feel good. That will make them feel good. Being near Teal causes them to feel the opposite. It causes them to feel and see and hear those monsters' presence, because they are still part of the reality of them. Instead of feeling those monsters and being brave enough to face each monster and integrate it, it feels safer to flip into a state of defense. It is easier to feel that by reflecting those monsters, those tender parts they are trying to avoid, and by encouraging them towards what they have already decided is bad and will lead to demise, Teal has in fact hurt them. And so, a fragment of their own consciousness designed to protect them wages war against Teal. It protects them from the mirror by making the mirror a horrifying and evil and dangerous thing. Imagine a person who smashes a mirror when they see their reflection because they are unwilling to accept it is even their reflection. They get a sense of their own goodness in this case by denying and rejecting and disowning the entire mirror. They get a sense of their own goodness by making the reflection a bad one, and they the good one. They not only avoid their own monsters by not looking at them and denying them, they also manage to silence their awareness that they even exist 
by seeing themselves as good and Teal Swan as bad, and even more good by trying to destroy Teal, the villain. This immediately allows them to become the savior for other people, the victims, who would come across Teal and be misled as well towards those monsters instead of away from them. I am here to change the way that humans have thought for thousands of years, and very few people are going to get it at first. Many will diametrically oppose it at first. Everything I choose to directly change, whether it is schools or jails or healing institutions, will be changed according to this commitment to integration, which is currently opposed to the entire system of mankind's current method of socialization. The entire structure of human society is designed around this damaging, separation-causing concept of bad versus good. I am here to teach people to integrate darkness and light, good and evil. I am here to bring an even more sophisticated understanding of what Christ taught, which was that the highest act of Christ is to choose, with one's free will, to take Lucifer as an equal and valid part of itself, that the highest act of love is to take everything in existence as part of yourself, because this is the most ultimate truth anyway. So knowing this, you now know how to use me for the sake of your own awakening. The only question left is, what do I see in Teal? What does that say about me? What part of your reflection in the mirror are you focusing on?